Jess strives to live a heart-centered life. Her values include connection, health and wellness, education, adventure, and luxury. She enjoys the occasional cigar and glass of wine. Her interests in mind and body science have led her into a career as a yoga and meditation coach with a focus on empowering people with tools that can help build self-awareness and a healthy mindset. She works hard, plays hard, is driven, compassionate, and focused. Eden is a partner, father of three, brother, uncle, son, and grandson. In his free time, he is either practicing yoga or at a baseball game or wishing he was. Eden is classically trained in marketing, economics, marketing research, and human behavior. He believes strongly in the power of thick data and empathetic listening and understanding. His superpowers include curiosity, empathy, and helping to ensure all voices and perspectives are heard. He is a facilitator, coach, and collaborator working with teams to demystify and democratize innovation using empathy and radical collaboration. Welcome, Welcome to, to That's, That's Deep with, with Eden, Eden and, and Jess. So here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Going in afraid. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way that I think that I express my nervousness and um, fear sometimes is through laughing a bunch nervous laughter yeah anxious laughter yeah yeah and i can already feel that my shoulders are kind of lifted up a little bit i'm like okay soften my shoulders and i realized that i was going to turn that light on <laughs> so i'm going to go do that yeah <laughs> um and then we can make a decision about whether or not we should cut this part out <laughs> <laughs> i leave it <clears throat> oh that's much better yeah yeah and what about like leading up to this point um how long have you been thinking about this or wrestling with being afraid of starting something like this starting a podcast did it impact sleep last night or energy this morning or how long has it been in your mind and how long have you been wrestling with kind of the fear of trying something new? Um, so mostly I've been very excited mm -hmm. and I don't think that it was until we actually hit the record button that I really got nervous and we're like even right before. Yeah. Right. When we're like sitting here planning which we forgot to write down our transitional questions, I yeah. realize, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, what about you? But even that was an excuse <laughs> for not wanting to hit record. Yeah. Right? It was like all of the things yeah. that we thought of before you hit record that mm -hmm. are excuses or levels of preparation. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I think same. Whenever I try something new, even when it when it's public speaking or there are people are in the audience where people are going to hear and listen to work, there's always for me been kind of this inner critic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be perfect. You're you're not going to reach your audience. What happens if you make a mistake or mess mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. Um, I've evolved from that. I've grown from that. Um, just kind of learning techniques to quiet the inner critic or grow confidence. Um, but it is still there. Uh, and I think same for me, the energy that I'm feeling is excitement mm-hmm. for this. Um, it helps, I think, knowing that the connection that we have. Mm-hmm. And having a partner that I trust in this journey that is similarly taking a beginner's mindset to it and the experimentation yeah. mindset to it. Yeah. Of, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. There's no way it will be. We don't want it. That's not what we're striving for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want it to be authentic. We want to talk about what the journey and experience is like mm-hmm. of trying something new. Of, yeah. of wrestling with your inner critic, of being afraid and being okay in that space. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's what the show's about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eden has articulated it perfectly, even though we're both not feeling right like that. This is going to be perfect. And in that imperfection and i i can i'm moving the mic further away because i can see it getting red and i'm just like i'm not being that loud do i need a whisper (laughs) um but i think there's there's a different kind of perfection in imperfection if that makes sense there's that being perfectly human, which can't be, um, which, which is never perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. It's two humans that are coming together to try something new. Yeah. Um, and with all of the emotions and energy that comes along with that piece mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, 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 Encouraging that, um, embracing that, mm-hmm. showing that it's okay to be afraid and do something cool and amazing and awesome and new, mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to be a journey. And episode 10 will sound different than episode one. Mm-hmm. And then let's embrace that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so part of the inspiration, I think, for this definitely came from and I don't want to speak about it too much because we will have a episode in the future where we talk about it on that Netflix series Stuts. So that was part of the inspiration I think for me for the direction to take this in which is that experimental which is that letting it be imperfect um showing, (laughs) showing the 
Mike being moved further and further away. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, I realized that um, there could be a lot of laughter, I think, in this. And I'm a very loud laugher. <laughs> so I can already sense that I'm trying to tame my laughter a little bit because of the technology. And so I... I wonder if I should just not think about the technology. That ideally is where we want to be. That yeah. it's a conversation between us and we're going to publish it and share it with others uh, yeah. and bring in guests and have that authentic conversation. And at some point we'll forget about that. The, the camera and the recording is there. Mm -hmm. That's, that's goal. I think mm -hmm. um, for sure. It's for sure easier said than done. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's what I'd like to work towards is yeah. it becomes a conversation and also there it's being recorded. Yeah. And yeah. Um, tell, tell us more about the documentary and um, maybe just at a high level. What is it? What is it about? Where did, yeah. where, did where can folks find it? So Stutz. S T U T Z, right? On uh, streaming on Netflix currently as of the date of this show. Jonah Hill interviews his therapist, which is wild. It's uh, very unconventional. Uh, most people don't acknowledge their therapists, nor their therapists acknowledging them outside of. Um, outside of the therapy space. So to have a documentary wherein someone is actually inviting the world into what essentially becomes a therapy session is amazing. For so, sure. yeah. So, yeah, uh, down the road, we will talk, a, think a little bit more in depth into that, about that documentary and its impact on on us and what we what we do and what we strive to be i think yeah for sure uh a display of someone being vulnerable mm -hmm. a display of jonah hill not quite actually not only not quite sure he has it right but admitting that he doesn't have it right yeah that he's not, that, that he's failing at this, that he's not telling the story like he wants to tell the story. Um, and then kind of leaning in and changing the way that the documentary works by making it more personal, by sharing his stories and conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get too deep in the world. Right. It's easy. I have it's a, easy. I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts. But um, what I do think that we should talk about is maybe how we met. Yeah, nobody knows who we are. Yet. And who we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and why and why you should care. <laughs> or don't. Or not. Yeah. You told me it was okay yeah. if nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Right? Like if it, yeah. like that was that was a helpful hurdle for me to get over. Um, I did tell you that. Yeah. Um, At the same time, I I care a little bit. Like I, I you care. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, you said I, I said what I, I said. I don't think anybody cares about this, or or 
my first reaction would yeah. be my tr traditionally my first reaction would be um, nobody's going to listen to this. It's not a meaningful story. Nobody's going to care. And I'm not quite comfortable talking to an audience of folks that I don't know or that I don't trust, or I don't know who's listening to this. Mm -hmm. um, that pushes me outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, and you said, that's okay. Right. That's normal. We're going to, mm -hmm. that's where we're going to get, get past mm -hmm. having that. And you said, I care. Yeah. You said, I, yeah. I care about that. And that was enough for me to say, okay, I'll give it a shot. Let's try it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is essentially what going in afraid is all about, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, whether it's in the capacity of going into a new a career path or starting a project or um, uh, connecting with people going in afraid is all about how much do you care about it mm -hmm. and not being affected by what other people are are thinking saying or what the stories you tell yourself yep. people might be thinking or saying yeah for sure uh, and I think that's, that's the thing that keeps me doing the things that I do in teaching yoga, in guiding meditation, in, you know, there's a million places, you know, there, there's many, many places that people can get free access to those kinds of things. But it's like, I care about it and I can uh, offer it in my own unique way. Yeah. Um, and people are receptive when you're offering something authentically. And I see you as being a very authentic person. So that's why I thought it would be really cool to do this. Um, together so that I can learn a little bit more myself how to be at that level of authenticity. Because the funny thing is that I think, so I didn't even say how we met, yeah. right? Yoga student. That's how I meet a lot of my friends nowadays. <laughs> I've been practicing yes. yoga of, um for almost two years now. So I still consider myself a beginner in mm -hmm. that space. I practice a, a couple of times a week um, and ran into you and your classes and your teaching through that. Yeah. And then just in conversation, talked about kind of a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you're interested in, the, the career path that you have moved from and going into and um, and then my own kind of desire to transition from a quote unquote normal career path into something that's that's that I care more about or that I'm more passionate about so, we kind of connected on that, on um, conversations around that. Yeah. Um, 
And could, so here we are. <laughs> yeah. I could talk a little bit about my transition stuff. Um, and yeah. just talk about what I do and, and who I am a little bit. Yes. Um, please. As, as afraid of that as I am, as fearful of that as I am. And, and I appreciate the words about being authentic. Uh, it's kind of that imposter syndrome mm -hmm. that I think that I experience in a lot of things. Um, because I pick at my inauthenticities when you say it's something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, my examples are, well, I'm not a hundred percent authentic all the, the, the time. And mm -hmm. here are the examples of me where I need to grow in that space. Um, but it's good to have, um, a trusted friend to say those things, mm -hmm. to, to give those words of encouragement. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, like, how do you, how do you define being authentic? Um, pretty comfortable with the person that I am today and who I want to be, um, knowing that it's not, it's not perfect or it's not where I want to be. But I, I think there's always kind of that learning mindset, that getting better mindset Yeah, that's important for me, uh, that I wake up each day to try to get better at something or to learn something new mm -hmm. or to get closer to who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of years, it was kind of my measure of success was career and salary. That's how I looked at success. Maybe that was the system that I was in, in my corporate job of here's what's important. Just follow these things. You're making more money. You're getting promotions. Your title is changing. You must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it took a while uh, and some understanding and a good amount of self-reflection just to understand that there's bigger, there's a bigger picture. There's, there's other elements that are more important. Right. Um, some of that for me was just kind of leaning into self-care and, and what that means and what that means for me. Uh, it started with physical activity, uh, doing more of that, prioritizing more of that. Yoga played a role into that as well physical health and mental health and being happy uh, and prioritizing family and relationships. Um, so that was kind of um, the COVID pandemic, the global pandemic helped mm -hmm. me kind of get there in terms of slowing things down and pausing and letting, giving me an opportunity to kind of pause and take a step back and reflect on what was important. And, um, why my work became my identity for a long time. Um, and I'm still kind of figuring that out and wrestling with that. And that's the challenge mm -hmm. um, for me is to say that it, it, it's not that important. Um, so my transition was from a corporate job that I had been with since I graduated from school, started as an intern um, and 15 or 16 years later, then kind of looked up and said, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Is this who I am? Is this my identity? Or can I have a larger impact elsewhere? Mm -hmm. Or what would a shift in prioritization look like mm -hmm. if, if mental health and physical health and family and relationship were more important or prioritized than mm -hmm. career? Um, so I have since kind of transitioned into freelance uh, consulting uh, in the nonprofit social sector, doing human-centered design work. Uh, and certainly um, more vested and more present at home. I am certainly healthier 
both mentally and physically yeah. as a result of that. Um, that was about a year and a half ago now. Um, and still just trying to figure that out. That's the journey that I am on. Um, leaning into meeting new people, mm-hmm. expanding circle, um, being okay, trying new things is part of that for me. Yoga is some of that. Meditation mm-hmm. is some of that. Um, breathing and being present are a big piece of that as well. Not that I wasn't doing some of that before, but it wasn't prioritized. It wasn't front and center. It wasn't, I didn't see kind of the bigger picture. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at today in terms of who I am. Yeah. So, but who are you and what yeah. is your why? Yeah. Yeah. So, I am and have been most interested in helping people to think better, to feel better through yoga and meditation, Um, and to... I'm, I'm really interested in the brain, how the mind works, how uh, the way that we, our actions and emotions from that neuroscience perspective and what helps us to be able to act better, to deal with our emotions in a healthier way, um, from that neuroscience space. And so really dug deep into looking at mindfulness, which is one of the most researched styles of meditation, um, one of the most widely accepted and um, pulled from, you know, pulled from Buddhist, Vipassana, but it is essentially just observing without judging. Yeah. Um, That's a big deal. That's easier said than done. That's hard to do without. It's a practice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I guide my classes, I try to guide from that mindfulness practice, both because I think it, because experientially it has been helpful to me, but also because it has been well studied and researched. So I, I have been really working to try to meet or try to bring harmony between my experience, what is science-based and The spiritual part, that has always been, I think, a little bit more elusive. And I I feel like I've been kind of more in, like, brought down to earth by a lot of different events and and, um, life experiences. But 
I, I am seeing more and more the importance of that spiritual space, whatever that looks like for people, mm-hmm. that space of, of, um, really having a higher calling, right? Like the big picture, the, yeah. like something else is more important than me. I'm important, but there's something even greater. Like I'm part of something much bigger. And so my hope and my goal now has been to empower people to embrace who they are in the moment, but then also to work with very simple tools that can help us to get more clarity of mind and be more physically healthy. So mentally, physically, that mental, physical space. Um, and I think when we have that, we can possibly start to see, I think a little bit more what that spiritual space looks like for us individually. Um, and maybe collectively. Um, that's a big deal. I think that's some somewhat where our interests align mm-hmm. from that observation place. My background is in research and understanding how humans make decisions, mm-hmm. how humans work together and collaborate and make decisions, what perspectives they bring, what is their unique perspective, mm-hmm. why, what's the lived experience that causes them to think and behave like that. Yeah. Um, the human centered design stuff starts with empathy for others. So like, I really, really love opposing perspectives and viewpoints on different things. How safe can we make it to have those conversations? Mm -hmm. What does the space look like to say, well, this is why I believe this, or these are my experiences and my why. Mm I think that's an important part of the puzzle of, of how humans build community and get along together and, and um, get better together. It's just to understand kind of this diversity of thought and diversity of perspective. And I think understanding our own um, emotional space and why we respond or react in certain ways Mm -hmm. and how we can respond in better ways and connect with one another in healthier ways can help us to create those safe spaces. So this is, I think, one of the possible impacts of a show like this is to create that safe space um because both of us are interested in in really listening really listening to people to understand them rather than to um tell them what we think they should do necessarily for sure um that's to to ask questions of self-inquiry to Mm. get you to think about why you're doing or saying or believing or whatever it is 
to get you to understand yourself in a very deep way, which is scary. And I think, and it's a dark place sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We've had this conversation about emotion and that is, I think almost like emotion and spirituality is very scary for me in particular, because I Mm -hmm. think those are like the most vulnerable spaces that we can be in when you're, when you're so spiritually connected to whatever it is that, that makes you kind of have this, you know, think of epiphanies, right? Like suddenly these really, really big picture, big idea, light bulb moments of like, you, it almost feels like you're seeing into the future of something. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with emotional space, also very vulnerable. Um, and I had a chat with my therapist where I said, I like being vulnerable, but only, but only when it, But only when it's on my terms. I like being vulnerable on my terms, which is not. (laughs) (laughs) Does it work that way? Is that how vulnerability works? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it it could be to a to a degree, right? Like we can be. We don't necessarily have to. um, Because I think I think there's sometimes this idea that we have to like you know, the, the tell all memoir, right? Like that we have to like share all of the nitty gritty details of our, of our histories and of our lives and of our inner thoughts. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily helpful. I think what is helpful though, is to have that level level of authenticity and vulnerability where people can see, okay, they have been there or there is a relatability aspect where, okay, yeah, I don't need to know all of the details, but I can see that this person has come from a certain place. Um, you share a lot of things. You're an open person and you share a lot as well. It's, it's, my observation. So to say that, right. And, but and those are on right. your terms. And it's, would funny, you say that? Right. The, yeah. Would you say that? Those and are... I think that's, it's that it's funny. Cause I think that's where we, I think that's a, just another place that we connect is right. Like I see you being authentic, but there is a part of you that feels that there's some things that you're holding back oh, for sure. And you <laughs> yeah. see me being, vulnerable and, and I, emotional and, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and able to share emotion. And yeah. certainly I feel also that there are some, that there are places that I hold back. Um, so I don't necessarily feel as that I'm being as vulnerable mm-hmm. or as emotional as people see, as other people see that I'm being, I think that I'm just, good at writing. <laughs> I'm good at, 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 um, 
you know, you're talking about like the different Facebook posts and stuff, right? Uh, social stuff so, that and, you share, your and, walk and yeah, talks, yeah, um, yeah. The, the communication that you do for Yoga Story, the yeah. empowered mindset stuff, the community that you're building around that. Um, you are sharing you are sharing personal experience the podcast that you did the jar podcast that you did mm-hmm. you are open to sharing your story in ways that i strive to be able to that i aspire to be able to do that piece of it yeah yeah it, that seems pretty natural to me in terms of how much you share how much you're willing to share Maybe not in a one-on-one setting where you have established that relationship or have established that trust or that psychological safety. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it's about the environment that you're in to be able to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to make it safe to be vulnerable, Yeah. to know that somebody's listening. We talked about listening, mm-hmm. active listening, that they're hearing you and not judging you. Observation and listening without judgment. Um, if we can make that a regular, consistent thing mm-hmm. to more people, then it's easier to share things. Then it's easier to be vulnerable. Then it's mm-hmm. easier to be emotional. All of the things that make us human that we sometimes hide because we're afraid. Yeah. We're afraid of being open. We're afraid of how that's going to be used. We're afraid of what people are going to say or think mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, how do we make it a safer place to do that? And I think it starts with what you talked about, kind of self-inquiry, self-awareness, how authentic you can be with yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can build those relationships and share that and that becomes normal. Yeah. I, I think we can only be as vulnerable with other people as we are with ourselves. That's a, that's a, that's deep right there. That, that was, yeah, that's, a big I guess, deal it, right I guess this episode's good. <laughs> we got, we got to know yeah, there's definitely more digging to do. Um, what about desired impact? How, um, yeah. yeah, like hope going forward and desired impact. And we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about that. Do you have additional thoughts on as people listen to this, as we build community around this, I think we're both really motivated to have a, to leave a legacy of impact, mm-hmm. um, to leave the world in a better place, to be able to spend the finite time and energy that we have in this life to make it a better place. Where in a very unique we're we're at a very unique age i think um uh like age as in like kind of big picture age but i but originally like turning 40 and having a midlife crisis (laughs) (laughs) that that sort of thing yeah 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 so i you know i being right on the edge of 40 the april um, April, 2023. Uh, and you recently, like, what was it? In- yeah, it seems like I've been 40 for a while. I was actually thinking about that this morning. Oh. Uh, it's, it's yeah. was just September. It was yeah. three short months ago yep. that I turned 40. Yeah. Um, 
But so, I think it was leading up to that. Like 39 was a big deal. Like you get yeah. to, at least mentally in my mind, uh, what have you accomplished mm-hmm. by the time that you're 40? Kind of those milestone birthdays that cause yeah. this reflection, this uh, kind of a pause, a chance to pause and to say, okay, what do I want? What does 10 years out look mm-hmm. like? What does 20 years out look mm-hmm. like? Am I halfway through career working wise? Mm-hmm. Have I accomplished what I want to accomplish? Do I get to do something different at Mm -hmm. some point? Do I get to grow and try something new at some point? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think we're at that stage of life where we are thinking about those things where we want, and, and I think lucky for us that we do want to make an impact in our community and in this world. Um, And so that's what this and these conversations are all about is how can we, what does that, what can that impact look like on a, in a broader, for a broader audience, presumably there'll be more than just our friends and family watching. Maybe. Or listening. That may be by episode three or four. Yeah, we'll see see how it goes. But that big picture, that leaving of a legacy, and um, and just wanting to really, I think, deeply connect with people in general. Yeah. I'm okay talking about the weather or, um, you know, surface level things, but it's not terribly interesting for me. Um, And I think that I want to spend my time talking about things that matter a little bit more Mm -hmm. to me and I think more to other people people Mm -hmm. um and not everything has to be so serious right like things can have depth and humor but i think that level of depth is key to empathy to connection to really true connection to real connection building relationships yeah getting to places outside of small talk where you can have real conversations about life stuff and the way that you the rhythm of your voice the because we don't slow down our speech enough we don't leave room for pause. And the more that I've been just talking with you in general, I've noticed that, and generally, I, I do tend to mirror people yeah. a bit, um, that it's okay to leave room for pause, that we don't have to just jump right in to get 
our point across or to learn how to not get bored with a little bit of silence. I think there's so much when we look at just, I mean, social media, but even billboards I've noticed as I'm driving and I'm just like, what if there weren't billboards? Wouldn't the scenery be beautiful? Mm. So just, the way that you speak. And I know that is the case for me as well. Um, particularly when I have written something down and then go into speaking it in public. Um, I try to leave some space for pause, for thought, for reflection. For a sense of weight, both heaviness, right? Weight uh, in terms of heaviness and lightness, but also weight in terms of patience in the words that we're saying. It's for sure important. Uh, It's listening in my mind, back to listening, listening to understand and not listening to respond. Uh, And I think giving people space to finish their thought, if it's not complete, or to take a pause and to think about what they're saying, and what it means. Uh, It also goes along with, you know, just some of the facilitation stuff that I do, getting groups together to talk about things, to work through things together, to get them to participate knowing that people think differently, Mm -hmm. people's minds work differently. We communicate differently. Yeah. It's not right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's the way that we are most comfortable sharing our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. Some people can do it quickly and on the fly. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Those are, you know, kind of the extroverted leaders, potentially that are comfortable with it, that have built up those skills. I really like the introverts Mm -hmm. and what they have to say because they are thinking about what they're saying before Mm -hmm. they're speaking. Yeah. And sometimes it takes them a little bit to collect their thoughts and that's okay. Kind of that participatory style to that looks different. Mm -hmm. So what are the different avenues that you can include people to share their thoughts, give them time to write them down and share them via a post-it note. That's where in my mind, the magic happens is when everybody kind of is at an even level in terms of how they can communicate and share thoughts and agree and disagree versus the loudest person in the room with the biggest ego Mm -hmm. that is used to talking and making decisions. Yeah. Being the one around the table that is most comfortable in that. Yeah. So how do you take a unique, diverse set of folks and give them an equal voice voice to share their experiences? Sometimes that means slowing things down. Mm-hmm. Um, a facilitation skill is just kind of, I'm going to ask you a question and I'm going to give you as much time as you want to think mm-hmm. about it um, to give a response. Um, 
letting everyone in the room feel comfortable with expressing themselves the way that they know how to. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then figuring out what that consensus way of communicating might be, mm -hmm. knowing that it's going to be a little bit different for people or force them outside of their comfort zone or have them yeah. communicate differently so that they understand that people communicate differently mm -hmm. so that people share thoughts and feelings and emotions differently. And my brain works slow. I'm a thinker. Mm -hmm. So it takes me a little while mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. listen and think through a thought and then respond. Mm -hmm. So some of that is just kind of where I'm comfortable with. It's yeah. kind of slowing things down. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I have always in my, in my journey of being in classrooms or in groups of people, I've always appreciated uh, the facilitators or teachers who would call on me rather than wait for me to um, say something because I was not always comfortable just speaking up. Yeah. But I usually had something to say. Mm -hmm. um, so those were the opportunities that I was able to share something and it was very meaningful for me to be able to, you know, to, to, to know that, okay, cool. They can tell that I do have something to say that I am just holding back right now because of my own stuff. Yeah. They care enough about yeah. my perspective yeah. to get it in a different way. Yeah. I think that's taught it depends on kind of the, the, the place I'm thinking about my kids and how, how elementary school works. Mm. It's oftentimes raising your hand who raises their yeah. hand first yeah. uh, mm -hmm. is the person that is the smartest or the quickest or the fastest or has the best ideas or is always the one that has the idea. Yeah. Uh, how do we transition out of that to give everybody a voice? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's, there's ways to do that in facilitation and in conversation. Mm -hmm. And so that will get into talking about um, human-centered design. One of our episodes I have, Empowered Mindset. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of more where this goes as we, as we uh, get more comfortable and develop it and, mm -hmm. and what else do we have? Yeah, so just that's what it was, the expanding circle. Okay. So just um, I think this will probably this will probably close us out because we're getting close to I don't even know what time it is. And I have no idea what the quality of this is going to be. Like. Yeah, that's what, that's that's what makes it that's yeah. what makes it great. That, um, that's what makes it our first episode. Um, expanding circles. Yeah. So for the last few years, um, when I started, when I started the yoga business in 2016, I, um, went way like hard into networking and like making connections and being a part of all the things. And, um, and then after a few years, I took a step back from that 
and just like really trying to keep my circles small. Um, I was feeling a lot of sort of exhaustion from constantly connecting with different people that maybe we weren't quite on the same page and there wasn't maybe quite the same level of, of, um, care, uh, reciprocal care. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it has just been recently and probably really as of the, the jar podcast, which that's, um, uh, podcast, by Ken Stearns called The Jar, um, where he's just going across the country talking to people and having just conversations with whoever will have a conversation with him, um, pulling questions, often um, kind of uh, either spiritual, faith-based, or um, just really like self-inquiry questions out of a jar, things like, what does charity look like without uh money i think was one of them Mm. that i got and i said i think in that in that one i said something about space like giving space (laughs) um and so i think that's where i started to that was one of the ways that i started to sort of expand my circle is by connecting you know, I just saw, a, it was just a Facebook ad saying, Hey, we're coming to Wisconsin. I'm like, Oh, that looks interesting. Um, I'd like to connect. Uh, I am interested in being on a podcast and kind of playing yeah. this role of, of, of being an important person in the world. Facebook knew that already. And they served <laughs> you up that app though. They knew, they knew you were in the target well, course, market of, of that course. based on who, yeah, yeah, based yeah. on They're previous like, oh, activity. She, and, she's yeah. definitely somebody that likes to put herself out there. Uh, um, yeah. Or, or <laughs> uh, is a deep thinker or, yeah. or cares about, those topics, yeah. not just in a negative way, but yeah. in a sense of, you know, based on, on what you share and who you are. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that was one place where I started to like sort of expand and it was so cool because Ken is into wine, I'm into wine. And so we ended up at the end of it, exchanging a bottle of wine, um, before he left. And, uh, and then obviously our connection, um, and then there's a gal who recently came from LA to Wisconsin a couple, couple years back, um, in the middle of the pandemic, she and her husband came here. And so I've connected with her a bit, a fellow yoga teacher. And so just really trying to be more mindful and discerning about the quality of connections. Mm -hmm. So it's not Mm -hmm. just, you know, Oh, I'm going to connect to everybody. What's that quantity? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Which is, which is, you know, kind of what my, my twenties looked like. I was like, I could be friends with everybody because I didn't really know who I was, Mm -hmm. but I think, as you start to 
right? Ask yourself those questions. What do I value? So behind us, I have my vision board and they have, and it has my five values, connection, health and wellness, education, adventure, and luxury. And, um, those understanding like who I am at that core level and what matters to me and what's important, then almost in a sort of magnetic way, naturally, those people start to appear. Or rather, I think I start to see. You can identify them yeah. maybe more naturally or yeah. organically. Based you on start to you see are. the people that have some of those same values. Mm -hmm. And as you understand yourself and gain confidence in who you are, you become more and more open to making those connections and not being afraid or going in afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And you feel it and you, right. I think it's that energy share that you talked about. Uh, it reciprocates in that other person. And after you spend time with them and have a conversation with them, you feel energized mm -hmm. uh, because you have that value share. Um, so how, how, once you ha establish a few relationships like that, then you can understand where you're getting that energy from and where you're not. Well, yeah. What are the relationships where, that bring you energy? Yeah. Um, where are you giving too much energy and not getting enough in return? And then how do you build that connection? How do you expand that circle mm -hmm. where that energy exists? But I love the way that you tied it back to it starts with self inquiry, self awareness, self reflection. Who are you? Mm -hmm. And who do you want to be? Because I think that's always changing. Yeah. You're a different person in your 30s than you were in your 20s. You'll be a different person in your 40s than you were in your 30s. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's part of life. And that, that's mm -hmm. kind of the evolution of life in my mind is as you learn more yeah. things and as you experience different things, then you can be a better person. Yeah. Then you can understand what are the values that you aspire to be and to live. I'm still figuring it out mm -hmm. for sure. I'm yeah. still figuring it out. I've come a long ways. I believe in the last year or so, just in terms of even being open to that idea um, and, ex and excited about what the future holds mm -hmm. from there. Once you kind of have it and you've seen it and you understand it and you've built a relationship in that space, uh, it's exciting to kind of progress on that journey then of what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to kind of come back to this idea of being a better person because I almost feel like there's a little bit of um, like a, a judgment in that. And as you were saying that, I was thinking like being a person who has an even more meaningful impact mm -hmm. in the world. Good reframe. So I think that's what we're looking to be. Yep. Yeah. Say that again, because that's important. Being 
a person who has a more meaningful impact in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did it. Cheers. Yeah. Awesome job.